preaching of the word of the Lord if you so desire. I know you've been standing a long time, so I don't want you to feel bad if you, if you sit. Nobody's going to think you're sacrilegious or anything like that. But we are going to read from the gospel according to Matthew chapter 15 and verse number 29. Matthew chapter 15 and verse number 29. Jesus departed from thence and came nigh unto the sea of Galilee. And went up into a mountain and sat down there. And great multitudes came unto him, having with them those that were lame, blind, dumb, maimed, and many others. And cast them down at Jesus' feet, and he healed them. Insomuch that the multitude wondered when they saw the dumb to speak, the maimed to be whole, the lame to walk, and the blind to see. And they glorified the God of Israel. Then Jesus called his disciples unto him and said, I have compassion on the multitude because they continue with me now three days and have nothing to eat. I will not send them away fasting lest they faint in the way. His disciples say unto him, Whence should we have so much bread in the wilderness as to fill so great a multitude? Jesus saith unto them, How many loaves have ye? They said, Seven, and a few little fishes. He commanded the multitude to sit down on the ground, and he took the seven loaves, he took the fishes, and gave thanks, and brake them, and gave to his disciples and the disciples to the multitude, and they did all eat. Now, I want you to understand what just happened. I know, I know we can get reading this and kind of skim over it, but they had seven loaves and a few, not just a few fishes, a few little fishes. They're like Swedish fish. And seven loaves. And they had 4,000, and that's just the men. That's not counting the women and the children. And, and he took those seven loaves and the fishes and gave thanks and broke them and gave to his disciples and the disciples to the multitude and they did all eat and were filled. And they took up of the broken meat that was left, seven baskets full. And they that did eat were 4,000 men beside women and children. And I, I want to preach to you for just a few moments this morning on this subject, the miraculous multiplication factor the miraculous multiplication factor would you bow your head with me and just help me to ask the Lord to bless this time we spend in his word and this day that we have in his presence Lord I thank you this morning for every individual that is here and I know God that you are here to meet with us and to speak to us and I pray that your word would have free course and that you would Bless us according to your will and according to your word. We thank you, God, for you are great and greatly to be praised. I pray for an anointing upon me, your messenger, and upon all of us as your congregation, that we would hear your word and that we would apply it to our lives. We thank you, God, and give you the praise. In Jesus' precious name we pray. And everybody said, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. 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 God bless you. You may be seated this morning. In the name of the Lord. This, of course, is one of the great miracles that Jesus 
performed in his earthly ministry. And I want to just observe some things about it. There were two miracles that were very similar to this. One of which he had 5,000 men beside women and children and was in the same predicament. And it wasn't too long before this one occurred. And somebody said, how can we feed all of these people? And Jesus said, what have we here? And some little boy had five pieces of bread, loaves of bread, and two fish. Jesus blessed it, break it, he multiplied it, and fed the multitude of 5,000. Here in this passage, we see that he is faced with a similar conundrum. I would like to point out, first of all, that Jesus performed this miracle in the wilderness. It was in the wilderness that he performed this miracle. It was, it was actually one of the things that the disciples said to him when he said, do we have any food? He, Jesus said, I'm not sending these people away fasting lest they faint in the way. And so he was saying, he was letting them know nobody's leaving until everybody eats. And the disciples realized they're going to be the conduit by which Jesus accomplishes this great feat. And they're looking at one another like, I don't know what he's expecting us to do. It's not like we're near Kroger. We are in the wilderness. And they said, what do you expect us to do? How, how are we to gather so much food to feed all of these multitudes of people out here in the wilderness? And, and so I want I to take this miracle that occurs in the scriptures and just point out some things that relate to us today. And, and I, I think it's important that we stop and consider just how relevant this miracle is to where we live. First and foremost, the fact that they were in the wilderness, we can relate to that. The wilderness is a place of desolation. The wilderness is a place of isolation. I had a friend recently who decided he was going to start checking off items on his bucket list. And one of those items on the bucket list was to, to climb the Rocky Mountains by himself and his dog. And so he took pictures and posted them on social media. And when I saw him next, I said, man, those pictures were amazing. Those were amazing views that you had. He said, yeah, it was really remarkable. I said, now you had to love that. I know you've always wanted to go climb the mountains by yourself and your dog. He said, yep, it was great. Terrifying. He said, when I was out in the middle of nowhere, literally nowhere, in the wilderness, he said, I, I knew that when I went to bed at night, if I heard a sound outside the tent, that was not a good sign. It was not a good sign because I was the only person within miles. So if somebody's snooping around, they're not supposed to be there. And it may be a person and it may be a grizzly bear. He said, I, I, was, I was scared. But he said... That feeling of being alone all up in the mountains was, was quite a terrifying feeling. That's one of, the, one of the fearful things about being in the wilderness is that people feel like they're all alone. And I feel like I'm preaching perhaps to somebody today who is in a circumstance of life where you feel like you are all alone. 
Perhaps you feel like nobody has traveled this path before. Perhaps you feel like you're in a place of isolation, a place of desolation. That's where these people were. They were in the wilderness, but they weren't in the wilderness all alone. There were 4,000 men plus women and children out there with them. That's something I'd like to bring out to you today, that this wilderness that you feel so isolated in, you're not there by yourself. So many times we can go through things in life and start to think that we are the only ones that have ever experienced this kind of a problem. But that is not the reality. There are thousands of people who are walking this path with you. You're not the only one there. My friend said he reached the pinnacle of the mountain and when he got there, he was shocked to see how many people were climbing the same mountain he was climbing. He said we started sharing stories and, and swapping stories and, and we began to see similarities in, in our bucket list. We all wanted to get to the top of this mountain. On the way up, I felt like I was all by myself. But when I arrived, I realized there were other people walking this same path who were traveling these same roads. And I want you to understand today, whether it be financial hardship or marital crisis or sickness in your body or the loss of a loved one, you may feel like you are the only person who has walked this road, but you are not. There are people in this room that are experiencing and have experienced exactly what you're going through right now. The Scripture said we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. There are so many saints of God who stand eager to tell you, I've been through what you're experiencing. I remember the fear that you are describing. I recall the pain that you have detailed in your report and in your description. But I want you to know God can bring you through. I want you to know that God can bring you out. You are not alone. Somebody in this room has a testimony that the Lord is good, that the Lord is merciful, that the Lord's love is everlasting. They were in this wilderness, but they were not in this wilderness by themselves. There were thousands of people in the same predicament they were in. That predicament was one of needing a miracle from the Lord. And if you're here today and you need a miracle from the Lord, I want you to know you're not alone. Has anybody ever needed a miracle from the Lord? Now, if you got everything all figured out and everything planned out and you don't ever need God to intervene, I feel sorry for you because you have so dramatically lived beneath the privilege of your life. In God, he wants you to experience the miraculous. He wants you to experience divine provision. He wants you to experience the blessing of the Lord, hallelujah, that can rest upon your life and upon your family. And here they were, thousands of them. And, and I, want you to, I want you to know that not only were they not alone, thousands of people around them, but there was one particular individual in that crowd, so special, so amazing, so powerful. He was above, he was superior to any other person in the multitudes of thousands of people. And he was the reason all of them were there. They followed him to the wilderness. He was just kind of trying to retreat by himself. He, he was just checking off a bucket list item. 
He's just trying to climb the Rockies. And thousands of people show up wanting to be healed, wanting to be delivered, wanting to be set free, wanting to have some kind of a miracle occur in their life. And so they weren't just, they weren't just surrounded by thousands of people, but there was one particular individual of such great importance, and his name is Jesus. Jesus was in the wilderness with them. I wish I could preach it like I feel it this morning. Jesus is in your wilderness with you. Hallelujah. I said Jesus is in the wilderness with you. You are not in this wilderness by yourself. Oh, I love the old song that said he's as close as the mention of his name. All you've got to do is call on him and he'll show up. All you've got to do is cry out unto him and you will feel his presence near you. You know why folks are clapping their hands and responding and waving their hands? Because they've been there in the midnight hour. They've been there with tears streaming down their face. They've been there in pain that racked and wreaked havoc upon their body. Oh, but when they called on that name, I said when they called on that name, he showed up with power and he showed up with peace and he showed up with joy. I'm not preaching to you about a fairy tale. I'm preaching to you about a real life Jesus who has all power in heaven and in earth. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Jesus is in the wilderness. Don't be afraid of your wilderness. You're not there by yourself. There are thousands of people that are going through what you're going through. And, and even more important than that, Jesus is in that wilderness with you. And you know what he's doing? He's opening the eyes of the blind. He's unstopping the deafness of ears. What is he doing in that wilderness? He's causing the lame to walk. What's he doing in that wilderness? He's drying tears. What's he doing in that wilderness? He's making provision. He's healing the sick. Hallelujah. He's raising the lame from their lame condition. That's what all of these people are experiencing. They're seeing with their eyes the healing of the sick. Lepers who are, who are broken and maimed and and, and, and their bodies are racked with pain. They're made whole by the healing power of Jesus Christ. And the Bible says that they wondered and they glorified the God of Israel. And they were with him for three days, listening to him teach, watching him heal the sick. And, and Jesus is all done. Jesus is like, all right, I've been doing a lot. I may be God in flesh, but I'm God in flesh. I need to rest. And he said, he said, I, I, I need to send these folks away, but I refuse to send them away hungry. Now, now, I want you to understand where they were. They had just watched the blind eyes open. They had just watched the deaf ears unstopped. They had just watched the, 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 the lame get up and walk, and they were still hungry. Now, it's one thing to, to see Jesus do a lot of wonderful things for a lot of people. But when you still have a need, you still have a need. And God isn't the kind of God who stands back and says, can't you just be satisfied with what I've been doing all around you? Man, nothing makes you happy. 
That's not how God operates. God doesn't say just be happy with watching somebody be healed. Just be happy with watching somebody be delivered. God knows your need. God knows what you have need of. And maybe you don't need your blind eyes healed. And maybe you don't need your lame legs to be restored. Maybe all you need is a home-cooked meal. Maybe all you need is a little provision for this day. Just a little daily bread to get you into the next day. God, I've seen you do a lot of things. But I need you to do something for me that I haven't seen you do yet today. God knows where you are. He knows what you're hungry for. He knows what you need. He knows all about your trouble. He will guide you till the day is done. Hallelujah. There's not a friend like the lowly Jesus. No, not one. No, not one. Have a little talk with Jesus. Tell him all about your trouble. He will hear your faintest cry. He will answer by and by. When you feel a little prayer wheel turning, then you know that the fire Fire is burning, and just a little talk with Jesus will make it right. How many remember when you used to doubt it? Come on, I need to see a show of hands. How many remember when you used to doubt it? Now how many remember when you learned there's no doubt about it? He's a good God. He's a faithful God. He's a mighty God. He's a very present help in the time of trouble. Woo! Hallelujah. Oh, I better, I better slow down. There's an old song that says, When I think of the goodness of Jesus... And all that he's done for me, my soul cries out, hallelujah. Thank God for saving me. Somebody said it this way. They said, when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for me, I could dance, 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 dance all night. That's why I have to slow it down. Because if you start thinking of the goodness of Jesus, there's no telling what will happen in this place. Y'all are making it hard to get through this message. Y'all are making it hard to get through this message. I'm trying to talk about the goodness of Jesus. And you're thinking back on when he woke you up out of that nightmare. You're thinking back to when he made provision for you. Hallelujah. The Bible describes what we're experiencing right now. It says it is joy unspeakable and full of glory. It says it this way, in his presence, and that's where we are. We're in his presence. In his presence, there is fullness of joy. And at his right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. These aren't fake pleasures. These aren't false pleasures. These are real pleasures that last forever. Hallelujah. 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 Jesus, I I know you've healed the sick. I know you have power. I appreciate the word you've shared. But I still have a need. 
I've been in your presence for three days, three years, three decades, but I still have a need in my life. My need is a little different today. I came here because I love you. I came here because I see the good that you do and the wonders that you perform. But, but, but in all the wonders that you've performed, I'm still hungry. In all the good that you've done for all the people around me, and I've been in awe of what you've done for these wonderful people that you've blessed so much, but I'm still hungry. I still have a need. And if, if that's you today, I'm preaching to you that God wants to satisfy the hunger of your soul. You might know about Him. You might have been around Him. You might have seen Him, heard Him, been taught about Him. But if you're still hungry, you're still hungry. He knows your hunger. And He will not send you away lest you faint in the way. I'm not doing it, he said to his disciples. I'm not doing it. Well, master, we got other things to do. I'm not doing it. We got places to go. Sorry. Call Chick-fil-A. I'm not doing it. They said Chick-fil-A hadn't opened up a location here in the wilderness yet. And they're closed on Sunday. So. And Jesus said, well, what do we have? They said, we don't have enough. Not to feed 4,000. Not to feed all the women, all the children, all the men. We don't have enough. Well, what do we have? We have seven loaves and a few little fishes. You know, this is the stuff you're supposed to throw back. These, this is the stuff that isn't a keeper. And they come bringing these seven loaves and these few little fishes to Jesus. Now, if I'm Jesus, and if you're Jesus, and if we're thinking with our, our, our reasonable mind, we look at these seven loaves and these few little fishes, and we say, oh, <laughs> that's funny. That's really funny. I mean, I ask you a serious question, like, what do we have here in the wilderness to feed these people? And you come back with this smart answer of these seven loaves and these few little fishes that might feed us. But I've got to feed thousands of people. But that wasn't Jesus' response. The Bible says that Jesus gave thanks. He blessed it. He broke it. And he multiplied it. He put it into the hands of the disciples. And the disciples began to distribute it to the people. And as they're distributing it, it doesn't stop. It just keeps multiplying and multiplying and multiplying. And one person after another eats and not only eats but is filled. Hallelujah. They are filled by the miraculous provision of the Lord. And I've, I've seen that story and, 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 and I've, I've loved it forever. You know, it's an amazing account of Jesus ministry and I and and I love the story but I saw something this week that jumped out at me that should have jumped out at me a long time ago <laughs> but maybe it's just because somebody needed this word today that it jumped out at me like it never had before and it might be because of the fact that it's Thanksgiving week not listen it's not turkey day it's Thanksgiving day and something jumped out at me because when Jesus receives it, he doesn't look down on what they bring to him. He doesn't condescendingly say, why are you bringing me this? 
these seven loaves and these few little fish. Why? Seriously, what do you expect me to do with such a small sampling of what we really need to accomplish this miracle? That's not what Jesus did. Jesus took it. And the Bible said, this is what jumped out at me I never really thought of before. He gave thanks. That's what, that's what jumped out at me. Because I, I'd read that before and I'd seen that before, but I thought it was just the Bible's way of saying that he said, oh, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Lord, we thank you for this food. It's like the guy that was running through the woods and he was, he was being chased by a bear. And he, he realized there's no way he's going to outrun this bear. But he zigged and he zagged through the trees. And, and the bear was chasing him through the trees. And, and, he, and then he got on this long straight path. The bear was chasing him down the path. He darted to the left. And the bear was just too fast. Caught up with him. And the man realized this is over. And he, he crumbled into a heap. And he just, he just shouted out as he realized he's about to be a meal. He shouted out. He said, Lord, at least let this be a Christian bear. <laughs> and the bear had his hands just ready to pounce. And when the man said, let this be a Christian bear, all at once the bear folded his hands and said, Lord, we truly thank thee for this meal that thou hast provided for us this day. You got, you got to be more specific with your prayers. And I, and I kind of thought that's what Jesus was doing. He was just kind of, he's giving thanks. He's saying, Lord, bless this food, bless this bread, thank you for this. But no, 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 that's not what he was, it wasn't just a little, it wasn't just a little ritualistic blessing. The Bible said he gave thanks. That means he stopped and said, oh, I am so thankful for this provision because he was seeing what these seven loaves were going to become. He didn't measure the seven loaves to the dramatic nature of the need. He looked at the seven loaves and the few little fishes and he said, thank you for what you have brought me this day. I can't thank you enough for what you provided for me. Now onlookers, outside observers can look in on that and say but you still don't have enough you've got thousands of people and you've got seven loaves and two fishes you say what you want to say I'm just going to thank you for what you've given me I'm not going to look down on what provision I have I'm going to give God praise for every little thing he has brought into my life that ladies and gentlemen, is the miraculous multiplication factor. Thanksgiving is the miraculous multiplication factor. There are factors in a mathematical problem. Two times five equals ten. Two is a multiplication factor. Five is a multiplication factor. Now, I'm not what you call a mathematician. I'm more of a math mortician. Where everybody that tried to help me with it nearly lost their life. So I had to keep this little problem simple. We can't be going into the letters and all that stuff. We got to keep this way, way, way down to where I can keep track of what I'm talking about. 
Two is a multiplication factor. And five is a multiplication factor. Two times five equals ten. That's the product or the outcome of the multiplication factors being combined. We're in the middle of a building program. We're getting ready to build a new building. Now we can look at one multiplication factor, which is how much it's going to cost to build the building. And then you can look at the other multiplication factor, which is what we've already brought in. And there's this, there's this area between that we've got to somehow satisfy. And, 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 and logic says you subtract one from the other and it tells you what you need. But I'm going to throw a different multiplication factor in there. I'm going to throw in the miraculous multiplication factor. And I'm going to look back over the last 17 months and say, Lord, you have provided $1.84 million in the last 17 months. And I know we've got more to give and more to raise and more to go. But, Lord, I'm just going to thank you. But you've got more to raise. Oh, I know, I know. But that's not the factor I'm worried about. I'm going to, I want the miraculous multiplication factor. Lord, I'm going to give you praise for every miracle you brought our way. Lord, I'm going to give you praise for every provision. Hallelujah. I'm so thankful for the Subramanian family. You saw their precious babies being dedicated to the Lord. This family, you see them and you see the beautiful joy of the Lord that surrounds them. But you don't know the challenges that they faced just in the last year. Physical sickness, difficulties. You, you heard their testimony last week of how the Lord blessed them with divine provision. I'm going to tell you exactly why those things happened. Because everything they faced, they faced with thanksgiving in their heart. They never looked at the need that was so great. Instead, they always looked at the blessing of the Lord that He had given them. Every loaf, every fish, every divine provision, they said, Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus. And when they thanked him, every time they praised him, every time they thanked him, they were putting God's multiplication factor into their life. I'm going to tell you something. I'm, again, no mathematician, but seven loaves times a few little fishes does not equal thousands upon thousands unless you've got the miraculous multiplication factor in your back pocket. I've got a secret weapon. I may be up against a struggle, but I've got a secret weapon. It's called thanksgiving. I'm going to thank my God in the midst of my storm. I'm going to thank my God in the midst of my trial. I'm going to thank my God in the midst of my difficulty. Woo! I don't know how he's going to do it, but he's going to do it. I don't know how he's going to work it out, but he's going to work it out. I don't know how it's going to come together, but it's going to come together. Hallelujah. We've set a goal. We're at 1.84 million. That, folks, 340,000 has come in in the last two months. We're, we're, we're hoping to reach 2 million by the end of the year. 
And I know it's the holiday season. We've got to raise about 156000 if we reach $2 million by the end of the year. And you know what? Here's honestly my attitude. If we reach $2 million by the end of the year, thank you, Jesus. And thank you, Tree of Life. If we don't reach $2 million by the end of the year, thank you, Jesus. And thank you, Tree of Life. Because God's got this. I said, God's got this. We're in this thing together, and God's got it. He knows where we are. He knows what we need. He's going to take care of it. I'm not worried about what's coming. I'm going to thank him for what he's done. I'm going to thank him for what he's done. Hallelujah. 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 I, I want to point out to you that the, the Bible says there were ten lepers who came to him. And that, and, that, and that Jesus healed the ten lepers. This means that the leprosy that was surging through their body, where, where, where their, their limbs were, were ravaged and their skin was, was just absolutely, had been completely decimated and, and their vital organs were being attacked and they were so contagious they had to be in their own colony. And the Bible says that they came to Jesus for healing and Jesus healed the ten lepers. They all healed. But then one turned around and came back to Jesus after Jesus said, show yourselves unto the priest. And the Bible said that he was made whole as he gave thanks unto Jesus for what he had done. Did you hear what happened? Just because they had a need, they were healed. That means that the leprosy stopped the rampage. All of that terrible sickness had been staunched. But when he turned around and gave thanks for what Jesus had done, the Bible said he was made whole. That means that his skin was restored. That means his organs were restored. That means everything, every violence that the leprosy had perpetrated on him had been restored. That's what thanksgiving will do. Thanksgiving doesn't just stop. It doesn't just stop your problem. Thanksgiving restores what you lost. And this is why the Bible said, in everything, give thanks. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. You know why we don't see the awesome multiplying power of thanksgiving more often? Because we do not employ it in everything. This week, I was so thankful. Thank God. Of course I was thankful. I had Omar's cooking. Who's not going to be thankful with Omar cooking? The table was spread. I was so thankful. I was giving God praise. I was running laps around the table. Had a praise break in the living room. Of course, it's easy to be thankful when your children are around the table. It's easy to be thankful when there's provision on the table. It's easy to be thankful when peace is all around you. It's easy to be thankful when, when, when the joy of the Lord is filling the house. But, 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 but you're, you're only experiencing thanksgiving to a degree if you only thank God in that moment. You've got to thank God in everything, in everything that's in the good times. 
And in the bad times, praise his name. When things are not going the way you want them to go, praise his name. The psalmist said, I will bless the Lord at all times. I will bless the Lord at all times. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise. Whose praise? His praise. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. I want, I, want to, I want to just share with you what that means. He didn't say his praise shall continually be in my emotions. He didn't say I'm always going to feel like praising his name. He said his praise shall continually be in my mouth. Hallelujah. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. So when I don't feel like it, I'm going to, I'm going to still say it. Hallelujah. What do you feel like? I feel like giving up. I feel like throwing in the towel. I feel like this is getting too hard. But God is good and God is great. And he's greatly to be praised. What are you doing? We're putting the miraculous multiplication factor into our circumstances. The Bible said one shall put a thousand to flight. And two shall put 10,000 to flight. If this is a normal mathematical equation, it's one shall put a thousand to flight and two shall put 2,000 to flight. But we've got a miraculous multiplication factor. The factor of praise, the factor of worship, the factor of thanksgiving, the factor of being thankful unto God for every little blessing that's come our way. Lord, I thank you for these 11 acres. Lord, I thank you for this room where we've been able to worship. Lord, I thank you for the classrooms we've had to teach children in Sunday school. Lord, I thank you for the little fellowship hall we have down here where about a quarter or a third of the church can get into and have a function. Lord, I thank you for the parking spaces we have. Lord, I thank you for your precious congregation who love you and who serve you and are faithful to your cause. Lord, I thank you. I thank you for the, the rain from heaven that has showered us with so many abundant blessings. You've got more to come. I know you're going to provide that. I just want to thank you for all you've done for us. I wonder if there's somebody today that can just be thankful for what God has done in your life. If he's put food on your table, you ought to praise him. If he's put a roof over your head, you ought to praise him. If he's put shoes on your feet, you ought to praise him. I know you have another miracle you need, but I'm going to tell you how that miracle's going to get here. Praise him. Praise him. Praise him. <laughs> Hallelujah. Could you stand with me right now in the name of the Lord? His presence is in this place. His presence is in this place. I wonder if a thankful, if a thankful body of believers 
could right where you stand, just lift up your praise unto the Lord, however you feel to do it right now. If you want to raise your hands, if you want to lift your voice, hallelujah. God bless those of you that have given today. God bless you. God bless you. God's got a miracle for somebody in this house today. He's got a miracle for your family. He's got a miracle for your family. Hallelujah. 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 One of our, one of our great pastor friends, he had, a, he had a situation in which his son became terribly addicted terribly addicted to alcohol and they never saw it coming they, they, they never dreamed it would happen in their family that their son would just become an alcoholic who, who could not get his head above water and they prayed with him and they struggled with him and they persevered with him and for the first time the pastor actually attended a, an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting and when he got there, he sat there with his son, trying to help him through this trial of life. And he observed how that one person after another stood to give their report. One person stood and said, hi, I'm an alcoholic and I've been sober for 25 years. And everybody clapped. Another person stood and said, Hi, I'm an alcoholic. I've been sober for 11 years. And everybody clapped. Another person stood and said, Hi, I've been sober and I've been an alcoholic. I've been sober for six months. And everybody clapped. A guy sitting down the way from them stood up and said, Hi, I'm an alcoholic. I've been sober for 24 hours. And everybody clapped. You've got to give God praise for the small loaves and the little fishes and the little victories. And don't, and don't be intimidated. Don't be intimidated by the vastness of the need. But understand that if God gave you a little victory, you take that little victory and like Jesus, give thanks. I've been sober 24 hours. Thank you, Jesus. I've been sober 25 years. Thank you, Jesus. I wonder if there's a, I know, I wonder if there's a great need. There's a great need. If you've got a great need, I want you just to lift your hand. Just lift your hand if you've got a great need. Now, I want you to, I want you, in the face of that great need, I want you to give God praise for every little blessing that you can see in your life. Come on, give him thanks. Give him thanks. Yeah, but I need a lot more than seven loaves and a few little fish. No, no, don't worry about that right now. That's going to multiply. You just get lost in thanking him. Get carried away in praising him. Get lost in worshiping his holy name. We're going to sing unto the Lord right now. And I wonder if there are people that will come to the front of this house and come down praising your God the God of your salvation. Come on, in the face of your need, come down praising Him. 
in the face of your problem, come down praising him. In the face of the thousands that you need, give him praise for every loaf that he put on your table. Give him praise for every little fish. Give him praise for every good little blessing that he brought your way. There's a miracle happening right now. There's a miracle happening right now in the name of Jesus. Come on, that's it. Come down with thanksgiving in your heart. Lord, I give you praise. Lord, I give you praise. Lord, I give you praise. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. In the darkness, my God, that is true. Come on, that's it. There's a there's a provision. There's a miracle of provision that God wants to bring into your life. Promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God. That is who you are. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper. God, that is who you are. We call you. Man, there's something happening. There's something happening in your life. That is who you are. Yeah, 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 yeah. Waymaker, miracle. Oh, there's something happening. Promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God. That is who you are. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God.
you're still working, Lord. You never stop. Never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel 